Hey guys, no intro. At the time I'm recording this, it's Black Friday morning, so I hope everybody's having an awesome holiday weekend. I thought that this was the weekend to drop a bonus on you. This was the weekend to give you a little extra content. If you're going to be driving around, maybe going to relative's house, maybe you save this until you're driving home from your vacation. Whatever it is, it's a bonus show, but this one is specifically wrestling action figure oriented. So if you're not into wrestling toys, then this might not be the one for you. But what I want you to do is, if you're at all interested in wrestling toys, give it a listen, tweet me at NotSam, Facebook message me at NotSam, and let me know if this is a topic that you're interested in. If you'd like to see uh, Bill McKenna on more shows, you know, I'm considering talking to Bill on a semi-regular basis about everything that's going on over at Mattel. So let me know if that's something you want. If you want me to talk to superstars maybe about their collections, if you want me to get more into it with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins and guys like that about their action figure collections, let me know if that's something. If you want me to pull out the guys from Ringside Collectibles and talk to them about how they got to where they are, let me know if that's something you'd want to hear. If you want me to drop maybe, you know, one a month, one a quarter, whatever it is, just little bonus shows that are collector-focused, you let me know. In the meantime, Bill McKenna, is on the po- is on this podcast, this special bonus podcast, and Bill McKenna is the head designer for Mattel's uh, Elite Collection division. He's been kind of uh, the face of Mattel's WWE division for all of us fans for a long time, and I'm I'm a huge fan of Mattel's uh, WWE line. I've been collecting it since the beginning, the basics, the elites, and now the retros as well. Uh, I think they've done. Such a good job on almost everything. There's been a few things here and there that I'm like, meh, you know, and some of the more kid-focused stuff, it's not for me. I don't think it's a bad job. It's just not for me. But the stuff they're doing, especially with the Elites line, the stuff that they're coming out with this year, like every year it just gets more and more exciting what they're doing. Um, And I thought to myself, self, how does Bill McKenna get to the place that he's at? How do you get to be a guy who designs WWE action figures. Because as a kid, you know, I've been a wrestling figure fan for a long time. I, uh, in When I was 12, I had a, a wrestling figure newsletter on AOL that I sent out to like, I think I ended up with like 500 subscribers or something. And every Sunday, I'd sit down and I'd type away and write my, my wrestling figure newsletter. Uh, I Then when I was like uh, 14 or 15, I had a business where I was selling custom accessories for wrestling action figures online and I'm not artistically talented so they were no good and it was not a successful business but the point is I did it because I was making accessories for myself and I started selling them online I made custom figures I had a, a federation I did the whole thing and then after I was done kind of you know actively playing with wrestling figures just because it happens I never stopped buying I buy more now than I ever did when I was a kid it really is incredible uh so it's a question to me how one becomes it. Because I'll bet when I was a kid, I would have considered saying, hey, I'd like to become a, a, a wrestling action figure designer. And how does one get to be there? And who is the guy that makes these choices and, and gets inspired to make these things? So I thought that Black Friday was a good time to drop this show. It's Bill McKenna, a bonus collector-focused interview uh, on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Let's go straight to it. No production. So... There's a lot of uh, elements about wrestling that I like, 
and one of them forever has been uh, wrestling figures. I don't know. It's just uh, something, especially with, with WWE. I feel like it's something that's been associated with them forever. That's why today I have a special guest in studio. Uh, Bill McKenna is... What's your official title with Mattel? I am a designer on the WWE action figure line. The official designation is project designer, but it's uh, I design right now. I design all the elite action figures for Mattel, and also our customized offerings, and also various uh, other toys in the line. So you just do the elite ones, though, pretty much. Not the... right right now. I'm I'm uh, I'm at the elite. Uh, up until last year, I was designing the the basics, the two packs, the elites. You know, just every like seven, six to seven inch scale figure in the mm-hmm. line, and the workload just got to be a little overwhelming. So they, well, I mean, that's one of the things about Mattel lately has been the output is incredible. I was thinking about it because I grew up uh, with Hasbro's. That was my generation. It was like you know, LJNs were around, but I was kind of young for that. So like Hasbro's were the first line that I could really sink my teeth into, and back then it was like a wave of five or six figures would come out every like four months or yeah. so and that would be it like if there was a tito santana in that line that was that the, was the tito, tito santana and that was the figure. only tito you were going to get from from hasbro so and it was also because it was before the internet it was one of those things where you just show up in a store and it's like oh my god there's new figures yeah. they're, they're here and it, it was uh the hunt was part of it you're you're a a, a fan yeah, right. I've been a wrestling fan since right after re- the first WrestleMania I started watching. So I missed, like, the first WrestleMania, but, like, you know, everything... Sort of, like, in the months after that, leading up to WrestleMania 2, I started get- getting really into it. Right, And right. Um, it's funny, because as a kid, I never actually bought a wrestling action figure. Really? The first wrestling action figure I ever bought was a Kamala Hasbro on clearance at KB when they had, like, a whole... So they were clearing out all their the Hasbro figures like two or three years after Hasbro lost the license. Oh, can you? By the way, <laughs> as a figure guy, like everybody out there who's a figure guy, just imagine getting to go into a KB and all the Hasbros are on clearance. Yeah, that was I, that was a, the day I decided, like, you know what? I'm probably gonna buy at least a Kamala. And then like once I bought the Kamala, I was like. Well, if the other ones are like on clearance, you know, like three for ten dollars. It's like I should probably get a few more, and then <laughs> you get a few more, and then suddenly it's like you got like your shelving units full of these things. It's like, oh my god, what happened? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. You, you, I think everybody around you too assumes that at some point you're going to stop, but then I think I was talking about it. Uh, uh, we were at Ringside Fest, and you guys were putting out a whole bunch of new product, and every time, like, there are moments where I'm like, you know what, I got a good collection. Let me slow down. Let me not buy everything that comes out. Let me relax with this stuff. And then you'll put out something obscure or just something that looks really cool, and I'm like, now I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna end up buying that whole set, so it I is, might as well just keep going. Yeah, it is an addiction, and it's like a, it is a disease. Like if you ever have people that collect anything, like you know, once the hooks are in, it's like you're in. And uh, you know, I've been lucky enough that like my my collection has sort of turned into my career now. So before I, I you know, before I was a um, designer on WWE action figures, I was actually collecting them. You know, pretty. Pretty substantially, I bought like all the Jacks. I have almost a complete run of the Hasbro's. I have almost a complete run of the old AWA Remco's. Uh, Remco's. <laughs> uh, I have quite a bit of Jacks still left. I have some some Chiro Pro figures from Japan. Wow! So so uh, so all right. So so you you find the Hasbro's on clearance in KB, mm-hmm. and it kind of hooks you in, and you start getting worked up into it. I would imagine that action figure designing was not something that was a career 
prospect for you at that point in your life? No, at that point in my life, I was in college and sort of like um, didn't really have like an idea of what I wanted to do. I love that, by the way, that like, yeah, I didn't start collecting WWE action figures till college. Like yeah. that's, that's perfect. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of stories now of people my age, like that's when they started toy collecting. It's yeah. Like you, get, you get like a little bit of disposable income and then, like you're that age. It's like, why not just, you know, wrestling action figures? And I have a buddy who's in his, uh, who works with me. He's in his late 20s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're looking at the new stuff you guys have coming out. And he's like, I've never had a wrestling figure before. I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, but I think I'm going to buy that James Ellsworth. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why, but I think I'm going to do that. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's how it happens. So, okay, so you're in college. Yeah, and it's, it's I um, I was in, um, I would spend the, um, the, I, I lived in Deerfield, Illinois at the time, and Walgreens corporate offices are there, and I would spend my summers cleaning there as a summer job, and I sort of really liked the the company at the time, which was like really growing well. So I'm like, I could see myself, you know, having a career here. So I got into uh, like a store management uh, program there, where I would like, you know, assistant manager at a store, and uh, you know, you work your way up to manager, and then eventually, if you're a good enough manager, they, you know, you work in corporate. I'm like, that seems like a, you know, solid career plan. The company is growing really well. It's local. It's path it's, is yeah. in front of you. It's it's yeah. And about a year in, I was like, I just don't want to do this. Like, I can't, I can't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. And I have so much respect for the people that can do that. But mm-hmm. it's just like, I just, I could not do that. So I was like, at that point, it's like you're kind of, you're kind of entering adulthood, and you have a, with no path. And it's like, well, you should probably try to figure out like what you want to do. Yeah. So um, I decided, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like a great artist by any means, but I'm, I'm, I consider myself like a serviceable artist. Like okay. I can, I can get an idea across with pen and paper. Like I'm not someone that's gonna be able to like, you but know, you can give it to an artist and say this is what I need it to look like. I can like, present an gonna, idea, yeah. that that is is clear and cogent, and you can follow along with what it is. But I'm not gonna be dazzle you with like you know a comic book level style of rendering and illustration. We have people at Mattel that that can do that, and mm-hmm. like I, I don't even know how they do it. Doesn't it just blow your mind when you meet somebody that can draw really well and fast when they can draw well and fast? I'm like it's... like I, that, that's one of those. Ever since I'm a kid, like that's that's a talent that I would love to have. Just the ability. Because it's one of those things that I don't think you can learn to draw better, but being like a great artist is not. It's just some kind of connection between your brain and your hand that just translates. It always blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, we have people that I work with. They're just like, gosh, I wish I wish I had their talent. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing okay now. So (laughs) (laughs) don't 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 ruin it. You're good. Um, Right. So so you you've got serviceable. Serviceable art skills, and I always, you know, at the time I was still collecting toys. I was, you know, I had like a, you know, Star Wars, GI Joe when I was a kid. I had all, a bunch of those collections. At this point, I was starting to accumulate a lot of uh, wrestling action figures and also the Marvel figures that Toy Biz was putting out oh, at the yeah. time. So yeah, I think I think everyone my age like remembers those days fondly and looks yeah. back. It's like oh, those were like almost like you know, KB was still around. Yeah, the Kmart was still a huge force. Uh, you know, tar- you know, obviously, all the all the places were like booming. Whereas now, I think things are getting a little centralized. With yeah, toy, at least brick and mortar toy distribution. I mean, when Toys R Us is in trouble, you know, yeah, you know, the business is changing. Yeah, it's a it's a little scary. So, did you, when you start to get into the action figure game, mm-hmm. are you like, yeah, 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 wrestling is where I want to go? Because obviously, you're a wrestling fan, or are you like whatever. I just think I decided cool like I I sent out. Um, I wanted to go to school for toy design. To then I was like, I wanted to be a toy designer. I decided I like, I like, I have some artistic skill. I love toys. Why don't I see how far I can go with this? Because mm-hmm. and it, and if I if if it doesn't go anywhere, at least I tried. Sure. And then you know I can you know go back to Walgreens. 
Yeah, if yeah, or something similar. If you have to. Yeah. yeah. And so I uh, I applied to, and there was two companies I applied to just out of the blue, and I sent them resumes and some art samples, and the art samples were just like you know like really amateur, like there was no way I was going to get hired. <laughs> But one was uh, Toy Biz because I wanted to work on Marvel Legends. Sure. And one was Jax because I wanted to work on uh, on the WWF line at the time. Which, by the way, you know, no offense to anybody at Jax or anything, but if this is like '96, I don't think you had to be a great was, artist yeah, to this design Jax's yeah, bone was, crunching line. No, this is actually '99 where they, I think, they were transitioning out of the bone crunching line, but there was nowhere. The level of the it was the sophistication isn't what it is now. Like right. the sophistication they had at the end before we took over, and then like, what we've done, like the level. Wasn't there, but I just like the idea of, of, you know, wrestling action figures at the mm-hmm. time. I just thought it was really cool. So I applied, and uh, I heard back from um, a lady that worked at Toy Biz recommending that I go to um, a toy design school in New York called Fashion Institute of Technology. Sure, FIT. I didn't realize they had a yeah. toy department. And they have FIT. A, they have a like a small adjunct department for toy designs. That's but great. It's, it's it's kind of yeah. It's, it was amazing. So. I applied there and didn't get in, and then I was okay. like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I still, I realized I what I gave, gave wasn't good enough, but what do I do? So next time I apply, it's a yes. So I got the advice, I took some illustration courses, and then two years later, I applied again, and this time I got in. So I was like, it was great. I mean, I loved going there. I mean, I, I'm sort of strange in the three cities that I've lived uh, in terms of, you know, the closest metropolitan areas are the three largest ones in the U.S., New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I've been around like big U.S. cities, and I, I enjoy being, you know, having access to like large U.S. cities. Yeah. So I went to school there, and um, uh, I graduated. And I did okay, and then, but when I got out of school, there was not a lot of toy jobs. This was, you know, wh- September 11th happened the second week that I was in toy design school. Oh. So that was, yeah, that was a little ominous. Yeah, sure. You know, for a bunch of reasons, not the least of which, the economy kind of tanked. Yeah. Well, in the aftermath. So when I got people out of aren't school, really spending recreationally on anything at that point, let alone toys. Yeah, it was kind of like I got to save in case something happens. Yeah. So that was a little. Yeah, like it was not like the. I, so I got out of school for toy design, and there was no jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people in class got placed out of school, and I was one of those that wasn't placed. And it was like, oh boy, now what? And this so, is every turn for you, man. Every turn, it's like, uh, hey, can I get a job? No, you got to go to school. Hey, can I get into school? No, you're not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now can I get into school? Yeah, but you can't have a job. <laughs> like every... Yeah, so for a year after that, I was living at home and back at Walgreens, you know, just trying, you know, just get money to, um, you know, to live off of. And it was it was kind of, you know, it was, it was it was tough. I mean, it was not where I wanted to be. Uh, and it's no, no offense against... I mean, Walgreens was a great company, you know, to that were very helpful in, like, taking me back when I left. Needed to, it, yeah. Yeah, right? So, um, but... Then I uh, I got a job with a toy licensing firm in Aurora, Illinois, but that was like a fifth like a fifty mile com- like f- commute there and back every day, and it really there really wasn't a lot a lot not a lot for me to do there. Mm-hmm. But it was a, it was a it was a foot in the door. So I always I was always appreciative that like they took a chance on me, and I was able to get some experience there. And then I I left there and went to like a toy invention firm in Chicago. And I worked there for about two and a half years, and I got some more experience. And so that in 2008, my friend who works for Tops, he uh, he invited me to stay with him when he went to San Diego Comic Con. If he said I could crash in his room if I could get tickets and, and an, air, an airfare, and this was back like two weeks before Comic Con, you could still get tickets to the show. Right. The, the Saturday was sold out, but I got tickets for the Friday and the Sunday sessions. Friday session, I'm walking around, you know, and uh, Keith Giffen was signing in the Mattel booth. 
And Keith Giffen is one of my favorite uh, comic book artists and uh, writers. And he was signing a Mattel Lobo action figure. And it's, it's like, well, I'm definitely buying that and getting that signed. Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I, I do that. I get it signed. And as I turn around, there's a big Help Wanted poster in in their booth. Like, Help Wanted ringside. We're looking for toy designers with, you know, a vast and encyclopedic knowledge of WWE. And I'm looking at this poster and I'm like, I think they're looking for me. Yeah, like, is this I, a like, sign? Yeah. Like, yeah. this is like the luckiest break I'd ever gotten. Right. So... I, I, you know, I, I was like frantically looking around the booth, like trying to find like, where's the Mattel person? I, can I ask about this? Like, I want to know, you know, how can I apply for this? And luckily I ran into someone who uh, told me to get in touch with them uh, when I got back to Chicago and I sent out a resume and some, uh, a portfolio right away. And they contacted me about two weeks later to set up an interview. And uh, I flew out there about a week later. And then about two weeks after that, they uh, they offered me a position. And now you got the gig. Now you and got the now, dream job. That's amazing. It, it, yeah, it kind of. I, I realize that I'm incredibly lucky because if I didn't run into that sign at a, at the at the comic con, like I never would have gotten this job. But it's also a lot of things. It's also like if you hadn't reapplied after the school told you no, if you hadn't applied to the school after the company told you no, if you hadn't found this job that maybe wasn't perfectly ideal when there weren't any jobs out there. Like, there's lots of kind of steps that you had to take to get there yeah i mean it's sort of like i was very lucky but i was also in a, i put myself in a position to capitalize when a lucky break presented itself exactly right 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 so with, because that's what they say right uh luck is where uh uh, uh preparation meets opportunity yeah it definitely applies in my case yeah. but it... um so i was uh, uh 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 i was thinking about it and like it's really funny because i remember uh when mattel first got the license it was the first time that the the rollout had been kind of seamless in the sense that Jax was still, you know, you kind of knew it was the end and stuff was kind of trickling out. Uh, but Mattel announced that January 1st, whatever year it was. 2010 was. January 1st, 2010. And I was out there. I was able to find some of the stuff on <laughs> shelves like a week before New Year's. I found the Santino Beth Phoenix two-pack. I'll always remember that at the Target. Yeah, stuff like, always slips street days but, and stuff. I did go out on New Year's Day in the morning and start finding, like, Series 1 and Series 1 Elite and all this stuff. And I thought it was great. And I've been a fan of the line literally ever since. At no point have I not been. Um, is it – how do you guys determine how much stuff to put out? Because, like, for instance, with the retro line, which is my mm-hmm. – I mean, probably my favorite thing as a Hasbro guy that you guys have done because it's perfect. But – I look at it and it goes, okay, obviously the first series got a great reception. Yeah. And the second series is tough to find, so it must be a great mm-hmm. reception as well. But it seemed like, okay, the first series went well, we can push forward the second line, and then the next thing you know, you've got like what looks like a, a whole year's worth of retro figures now all ready to go. And I'm in my head, I'm going like, I'm excited as a fan, but then as a business person, I'm going, well, how do I know this is going to go beyond... Series three, like how how are we already ready for a whole year of these things? Retros is something that originally was supposed to be, and I, don't, I may be speaking out of school saying this, but well, yeah, it was supposed to be just like six figures and done, just like a quick something for for Walmart as a that first six, a, yeah, those first six, and then I was I was constantly in the background, you know, when these decisions were being made. Like, there's so much more potential. These people are going to go nuts when they see these. Just trust me on this. They, 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 people are going to love these, and there was a little, still a little hesitation. And I think when we showed them at Comic-Con last year, where we showed a bunch of new products, but like 80% of the, the social feedback was about the retros. It's like, okay, they're, 
you know, I think there is potential here to expand it. So that that was the point where we we took it from, you know, just something that we were going to do for a, a, a for a large client to we can go mainline with this and, you know, sort of increase our expectations for it. Yeah. And that's when you start developing like, no, let's do a year of this stuff yeah. and see what happens. So what are the choices there? Because Retro uh, Series 1 was Warrior in the same color as the original Hasbro, mm-hmm. but a different position, like different body. Yeah. Um, and then Undertaker, Brock, you know, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, John Cena. Um, I noticed in the figures that are coming out, mm-hmm. nothing is a repeat from Hasbro's. It's almost, vast majority is modern, current day roster yeah. guys. And then there are a few legends scattered in, like a Sting or like an NWA Ric Flair, mm-hmm. but nothing old school Hasbro era WWF. Is this intentional on your part? Is it so we don't repeat or is it a um, bigger issue than that? I'm not sure. I I was the designer on the second series of them, the, the six that were sort of from the Attitude Era. Yeah. So I'm not 100% privy to the, the decision making on the... Um, on the the like the next waves, but I think there is a combination of we want to sort of like put, put get new talent out there. Yeah, you know if there is something that Hasbro did, you know it's then not like that we won't redo it, but there's other people that we probably want to get to first because if you have, let's just say you have the Hasbro collection and you have you know a million dollar man in in the collection and they gave you I think like three three choices. Yeah, on three it. of them. Yeah. So you if you're someone that's you know, wants to like add to that collection you're probably not going to focus on that one as another opposed million to, dollar you know man. another you know like if we did the usos or something just especially because you're, the, the goal of the retro line is not to be hyper realistic it's to be more like the hasbros were it's to fit in alongside that whereas if if you if you never collected them it's to be sort of like you know it was a it was a cool form factor yeah that obviously uh, there's a lot of uh, attachment to it based off of how well they've sold the like people I think people didn't realize how much they missed them until they were back. Yeah. And so now that they're back, it's like, okay, this is great. So. And it's almost like it's really weird. Like, for me, there's little things. Like, there'll be a little bit of added articulation, and I'll almost go, well, they didn't have – I wish it was less articulation. Like, yeah. I wish it was even more bare-bones basic. Yeah. And th- some, there's a new – like, there's one mechanism that's coming out that was never on the Hasbro's. When you look at it, so it's like, well, why was this never used? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes yeah. so much sense. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so you weren't a part of designing the ring then? No, the retro ring. No, the retro ring. No, I. It's uh, the 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 six that I was responsible for were the Sting, the Triple H, the Stone Cold Rock, Mankind, and Kane. Do you have any idea when that retro ring comes out? I believe it's next year. Yeah, I don't know the exact street date. And is it gonna for retros going forward? Is it like just we're putting them out like any other line, or are or are they gonna be paired off in exclusives and? Um, I think it's. I think. The plan is for them to be available to all mass retailers, and, yeah. for, and for every character to be available to uh, every every retailer. What is the thing that you've done that you've designed that you've passed through? Because there's stuff that you guys get out that I like, love. I love what's going on now. I was talking about it on my podcast uh, before. Like I love that there's an Isaac Yankum figure. Yeah, and like like I love those little like the Shockmaster figure with the packaging the way it is. Like mm-hmm. I have now a section of Russell crap. On, your, my, on my shelf, yeah. that's like that's like these are because you would never think that these would get made, and the packaging is like perfect and everything. But for you, what is what are you most proud of that you've gotten through? Because Mattel is a giant company, WWE is a giant company, and and you know there 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 are certainly 
interests involved that aren't exactly like as a collector. Of mm. course, I I just say like we'll make make a Duke Duke the dumpster drossy with a trash can. He can come with a garbage with a garbage with a garbage truck. Yeah, and he can do all. And it's like it doesn't make sense. You would be the only one who would buy that, Sam. But what? Well, and you, <laughs> <laughs> the two of us would be the only ones that would buy them. But what's been the thing that you're most proud of of getting through and getting onto shelves? The figure that I'm most proud of, I guess, uh, and just because of the the whole story involved, uh, the first defining moments, Macho Man Randy Savage. With the white jacket? With the white jacket, yeah. with the fringe. Like, that'll always be, like, every time I look at that, like, because everything about that figure is is so special because it was, like, the first time in, like, 14 years, I think. Or is... Yeah, I mean, people, I think sometimes people forget what a big deal that was because there have been so many Macho Man since then. Yeah. But Jax couldn't get... Jax never had the right to do him. WWE had no relationship with right. Macho Man at that point. I mean, I... And so we put out a list when we first got the license of, like, you know, people that we wanted to pursue to to go put in the line. This was back when uh, Mattel was signing, you know, um, merchandise deals directly with some of some of the wrestlers, the superstars, and um, we put Macho Man on the list as like a you know let's let's see if we're allowed to pursue this. You know, ho- thinking you know there's no way that it would because at that point it was almost like he was persona non grata, and you know, yeah. And uh, but we sent the list and it was approved to pursue him. Like they they're allowing us to go after him. We got to go after him. And so we. Uh, we had our um, our licensing team, you know, talk to his representatives, and then one day I got an email saying like, "We got Macho Man," and I'm like, you know, I can we swear on this? Yeah, sure. Okay, it's like yeah. holy shit, like we're yeah. gonna be able, to, like, I'm gonna be working on Macho Man action figures, and it's like, it's like I'm sitting, you're sitting in your cube, and it's just like, this is unreal. Right. It's like you know, I get to start. I have to. I can now go to WWE. And ask for Macho Man reference because I'm going to be working on his action figures. I mean, you could make a Defining Moment series of just Macho Man Defining Moment. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah. it's got so many different looks and so many different outfits. And you, the, the funny thing is, like, you could put out a hundred and you'll never please anyone because there'll always be like that one guy who does that that one outfit he always remembers, and he's like, "Why have they never made that outfit?" <laughs> yeah. So and 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 so that's got to be surreal when you're like, "I'm working on a Macho Man." That was surreal, now. and it got even more surreal because about a about nine months later, we they were going to announce. The figure at the 2011 comic is it 2000? Probably, if you started in 20, I think it was. Uh, it might have been the 2010 Comic Con. Yeah, it's 2010 Comic Con, which is two years after I went to Comic Con to just found the and you found the to, flyer to 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 land, you know, to, to and found the flyer. I'm on a panel at Comic Con with a little nameplate in front of me, and I'm yeah. just like, this is unreal. Like, how does <laughs> how does this ever happen? Yeah, yeah. And we're announcing we we were going to have a video of Macho Man announcing the figure, mm-hmm. and it there was just going to be a uh, there was just going to be a marketing guy flying down to, to um, to Florida to tape it at his house, and then my director at the time got me added to the trip <gasps> to go visit because he wanted to make sure that there was someone who really knew WWE on there, so we didn't embarrass him because yeah. if, if we have a, and so it was like it was like oh my god like I'm going to fly down to meet Macho Man it's like. Uh-huh. Again, this is like, how the hell does this happen? Right. And so um, we were given strict instructions on the, uh, you know, for the meeting. It was like, you got one hour, you know, you're you you know, um, you're in, you're out, you tape your stuff, you pack up and go home. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, we're just here to do a job. So we fly in that morning mm-hmm. and we uh, we drive to his uh, house, which was out in uh, the suburbs of Tampa. And mm-hmm. it's like, you pull up the drive. It's, it's like all, all you're thinking. It's like, I'm, it's like. I'm going to Macho Man's home. Yeah, you know, in about a minute, I'm going to meet Macho Man, and this is this is un- and this is a point when like he was kind of you know not really a public figure. He was yeah. The video, uh, the uh, the the action figure and the video game that all kind of came around the same time was 
the only acknowledgement that WWE had made of him in years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we get out of the car and he walks out of his house and it's like, oh my God. And then, and then he's, we shake hands. And the first thing he says is, well, I'm not busy. We got all day if you want. And it's like, holy shit. This is so <laughs> and so we set up the video and he's like, he's displaying the figure and, and talking about the details and how great it is. I'm Does like, he like it? Oh, he loved it. Yeah. Like he loved it. And I'm just sitting here. It's like, this is Macho Man Randy Savage, you know, complimenting something that I did. I created like how the, how the hell in how the hell you get to a position in life where this happens? Yeah. Like I still haven't figured this out. Like I still kind of like I cannot believe that happened. Were you when you see that figure for the mm-hmm. first time, were you kind of blown away too that everything was like because in your head you have this image of what it could be? Yeah. And a lot of times, like, I think, you know, growing up, we all have images of wouldn't it be cool if this figure had this and this figure had that. But, like, that defining moments line was the first time that I think that those figures that are in our heads start to actually look like, oh, my God, that's like the jacket actually looks like it would fit him. And there's real streamers and it's a fabric Mm -hmm. jacket and the hat and the thing. Like, do you look at that like, oh, my God, this we did it. Kind of. Yeah. It's funny because. The first samples you get from the factory, like the first production samples, sometimes there's, you know, things that need to be corrected. So the first time I got the figure, the, the tone of purple was a little off. So when the first time I saw it, I was actually like a little bit of disappointment. I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't <laughs> it. So you have to go back and tweak it and have them use a different Pantone color. Yeah. So, but like when you see the, when someone, you see it finally completed and packaged with everything assembled and everything's proper and they ship you the, the sample to evaluate and you open it up and it's like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, was there any? Did Macho Man have Macho Man stuff in his house, or was it just a normal house? It was. It was pretty normal from what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. It's always funny. I mean, the first time I went into uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's house, I think I told. I don't remember if we talked about it because we were recording a podcast, and I was like, "There's no Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff anywhere." He's like, "We got two things. One is a Got Milk poster that he likes because Annie Lieberman did the." photo for it so mm-hmm. that's hanging up and the other one is in the kitchen it's a stone cold cookie jar other than that there's no <laughs> wrestling stuff in the house and i'm like that's that's so badass yeah i think he uh he's because um the the after we we shot the video yeah he uh we you know we had like a couple hours before we had a, the fly out mm-hmm. and so he invited us to just stay in in his sunroom and just like talk and shoot the breeze and drink beer and it was like, you got to talk to him about wrestling yeah, yeah and it was you know i'm sitting in his sunroom with his wife who at the time he just like the childhood sweetheart sure. just like remarried like a month earlier yeah so we're sitting in the sun i mean they were the sweetest people i mean they were the nicest people and they seem happy they were so happy i mean it makes yeah. it all the more tragic what happened like less yeah. than a year later it was like i mean when i heard that at work i was like i literally was i could not work i was like I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I may have cried a little because, I, because it was just like, God, he seems so happy, and you hear all the stories about like what a tumultuous life, and it's like, it's like he finally, it's like based off of what like the limited exposure I had, it's like, this guy has, this guy has it figured out, and it was so happy, and then it's like, it was like it seemed like it was all like just snatched away like so quickly. The only, the only positive thing about it is that at least he goes out on top, right? Oh, like he, at least he yeah, and at it's least not he's... like a the the slow slide into oblivion yeah. that could have could have happened, but so. Do you so you get as as Mattel you being Mattel you get Macho Man which was like the first mm. really big like okay this is going to be a different deal because if I remember right when you guys first started putting Legends out it's pretty quick in yeah and they didn't do great but a lot of that was because Jax had kind of inundated everybody with the classic line like it was such a vast line yeah that there wasn't much you could do in that space yeah it was a it was a hard Jax was an extremely hard act to follow I mean they were so thorough with, and, with their, their releases and they, they yeah I mean, they ended so strong 
Yeah, and they yeah. and like we look back, it's like there are certain. I mean, there are there are Jack's figures that's like I I'm jealous because like I know I'm never going to be able to do you know a character on this likely. It's like I'm probably never I'm probably what, never going to do an Abdul the Butcher. Right. And it's like God, I'm so jealous that like Jack's got to do an Abdul the Butcher, and I couldn't do I can't do like my version of Abdul. I love Jax's Andy Kaufman figure. Yeah, exactly. And there's yeah. so much. It's like almost a unique tool and everything. And that, yeah. that figure is great. And it's like got the neck not, brace on. Yeah, and everything. like that's something that's like we're probably not going to do that. Ever, right. So. Right. Yeah. Um. But so you get a you get Macho Man though, and that was like that first figure that was like okay, Mattel is really this is the real deal now. Yeah. So you, you end up getting Macho Man. You get uh, Bret Hart. Yeah. We got Warrior. Warrior Hogan. At the time, Ricky Steamboat, Ricky's... which at the time was like also another. Oh yeah, there hadn't been a Ricky. There Steamboat. hadn't been a Ricky Steamboat in, you know, I don't think Jacks ever touched him. So we right. we got the rights to him, so we were able to put him in our first Legends wave. Then you get Sting, yeah, which is huge. St- Razor Ramon, right? We Are... we had Hogan for a bit, and then right. we lost him again. So. Yeah, um, hopefully you'll get that <laughs> back at some point. There've got to be all these. So, is before I get to my point, is Hogan because I noticed that with the Hardys back now. Mm-hmm. I saw the new product you guys have coming out include what looked like was supposed to come out originally before yeah. Jeff left. Yeah, we, that's it. It's sort of a it's sort of a cheat. But yeah, it's it's uh it's uh like it's gonna be, it's gonna be in uh it's gonna be a WWE shop exclusive, and it's um the packaging is gonna look like the launch packaging, like the 2010 era packaging. Oh, the, that's cool. Yeah, now so I'm gonna it, have to order two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did my job. <laughs> uh, the idea is that like. You know, because I, I think everyone knows that, that that's followed our lines. Like, we were going to launch in 2010, and then before that happened, you know, Jeff Hardy was, you know, left WWE and had some. We, and we, we, we still got the, the okay from WWE. It's like you can go forward with like what you've already produced. And mm-hmm. then he got in some legal issues. Then suddenly it's like, yeah, just ixnay everything. So there yeah. was, there was stuff that was produced, which sort of trickled out, unfortunately, into, into the aftermarket. Yeah. And then only a few of them trickled out, though. Enough trickled out to where it's sort of just you hear stories like, "Yeah, I, I, I was able to find that one." It's like, "Well, you're kind of shouldn't have gotten that." Yeah, you weren't what supposed. You, what now, do? what do they do with like? Obviously, it was mass produced. Is it? Are they destroyed? Are they in a warehouse somewhere? I, you don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's there's a whole section of Mattel that's devoted to logistics stuff like that. Like my job is just to make sure this stuff like looks cool. Looks looks like what <laughs> yeah. looks, looks like what you see on TV. We can replicate it in a much smaller form. But so, uh, uh, so there are cheats there. There were plans there for Jeff and everything. And now you're able to see those. Should things work out mm-hmm. with Hogan? Should Mattel get that license back? And he, you know, WWE starts doing stuff with him again. Are there like a ton of Hogans that are like, okay, right back to where we were? Uh, there are. There is some stuff that was in the works that was sort of dropped and moved on from. So we, there is some stuff we could pick up. Right back up and go like, okay, let's let's. Uh... When you see that Hogan that that Japanese company put out, the Hollywood Hogan mm-hmm. that came out recently, are you like ah, like why would you put out a ho-? like let like? Ugh. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little jealous that they were able to do it. And yeah. We're not, but I, I also think like you know if and when the day comes that the people that bought that one will now want the official version. Like, right. I, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Mattel's losing money by that being out there. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, but it does. I mean, that's a super detailed figure, so it does put you guys at a high standard. Well, everything that's come before puts me at a high standard. Like yeah. I always, because I have so many collections, and I've seen what people have done before uh-huh. and what they've done well. Uh, I've been. I'm trying to build off that and you know, improve on that. Like I, I want to be able to, to be to produce the best version of a character that's ever been done. Yeah. Because I have, 
you know, I, I have the other versions of them that I can look back and be like, what did what did Jax do really well when they did this character? What did Hasbro do? What did Galoob do? So as a collector, you're like giving yourself a reason to buy this figure again. Right, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, I have, I have I have this character and I have a certain amount of money. Like, why? And, yes. and, and unfortunately, it's like toy collecting, it's not a cheap hobby anymore. Like when I started, stuff was like five bucks. I mean, if you spent 10 bucks, you got like two figures. Now right. it's, you know, if you spend $20, you're lucky to get one. It's right. Like, this stuff has increased exponentially since I started collecting. Which I guess is why you guys have to figure out how to affordably put in as much stuff into that $20 package. Yeah, like that's my job is to make sure that if um, if if someone's going to spend, you know, that money, I want them to have the best version that I can possibly make of that character. Yeah. And so, the, with the most stuff, you know, and the most meaningful stuff. Do you get frustrated when you find out through no fault of anybody's except what things cost that you have to start shifting more towards plastic t-shirts and things like that as opposed to fabric which I think in the beginning the fabric stuff that you guys were doing was what separated you yeah and then when it goes to plastic it's like you know I mean what can you do but yeah I try to use molded I mean there's sort of like the the contra like the whole quote unquote like the rubber shirts mm-hmm. it's like I try to use fabric where it's most appropriate because it is more expensive like for long flowing robes like a like a like a Rick Rude style robe mm-hmm well, there's not a lot of frills or, you know, collar details or stuff. Right. I'll try to use the robe there because the construction on that is, is, um, it's, 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 um, it's, it's the point where we can, we, if, if the figure is not a high deco figure, we can probably meet the, meet the cost of the wave, the, the budget, you know, the, the target and includes that, that level of, um, of, uh, accessory. Yeah. But something with like a gold dust robe or an Oscar robe where it's, a lot of a lot of uh, kind of color changes and a lot of extraneous you know frills and ruffles. Uh, that's gonna be very hard to execute in a soft good execution. We did that with a gold dust. The classic gold dust is yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, but like that. That's but it's also more... one straight just gold. It's yeah, the, it's the old. And he robe. also yeah. was that's a low deco version of gold dust. There yeah. wasn't a lot of color breaks on. Oh it at yeah, the time. yeah. So we could we uh, since it's we're not spending the budget on that figure on the deco, we can have a little bit more for the accessory. That makes sense. But with someone like an Oscar who's like color explosion on the figure <laughs> to begin with, and then you have color explosion on the robe, and now the fur, and it's gonna be if I'm ever able to get a coat on her, like I'm not sure, you know, how I'm gonna be able to afford all that on a figure and make it affordable. Like that figure is gonna going to be a challenge. Yeah, does it ever worry you that like an Oscar, for example? Mm-hmm. Oscar's a smaller person yes. like a human which means the figure's going to be smaller mm-hmm. the amount of of colors and paint and everything that's on her plus you're going to put the mask in there means that she's not going to have any big accessories with her yeah. but it's still going to be this deluxe elite thing do you worry that because people don't understand the costs of what it takes to uh, produce action figures that they're going to look on a shelf see a figure this is this figure is smaller and has no accessories. This one, this big Roman Reigns figure, it's all black. Yeah. But it's this big guy who comes with a table and a chair and a ladder. Yeah. And it's, these two cost the same. You, you do worry about that, actually. You do worry about, like, a price value yeah. situation. Uh, I think a lot of our consumers are kind of savvy on um, what things cost. So if they see a high-deco figure, they're going to go, like, oh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's more expensive to do that than someone, you know, just, you know, in like a shield outfit where it's basically black below the right neck. Right. So uh, what I was going to, what I was getting to before when I was listing the guys that you guys had signed that were kind of big deals, has there been a point or are you at a point now where you start to get worried that like there aren't any other big names 
to add to the line. So that we're not going to be able to go to Comic-Con and pull the sheet up and here's this big icon because we've yeah. got the icons. Like, do you worry that, that's, that that fountain runs dry? You do worry about, about that sometimes. You try to... That maybe that's kind of why we're this year we've kind of done some of the more colorful characters. Yeah. So it's almost like it's not like how big the name is. It's how, like, I can't believe that Mattel actually made that. But right. for a different reason, it's like, wow, I can't believe Mattel finally made a Razor Ramon. It's like, right. oh, my God, Mattel made a shark? Right. Well, so, that's what I was going to ask you about because <laughs> I think I told you before when I saw you that that was my, my favorite thing out of everything that you guys showed off uh, at Ringside Fest. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not believe... That you were doing a shark. First, I want to talk about the Virgil figure because it's in, it's right in the same line. <laughs> yeah. The Virgil figure I feel close to because it comes with the autograph session sign. Yes. And, you know, I'm the I'm the creator of Lonely Virgil. I did not know that. Dot net. Oh, my God. Yeah, the website with all the photos of Virgil. Yeah, that's my thing. Oh, my God. I did not know that. So when I find out, <laughs> and I didn't find out until it was on, you know, Instagram or whatever, like you guys announced it, yeah. the Virgil was coming with the sign. Part of me was like, oh, my God, this is my You're figure. Like a, like a proud father. Like, I did this. <laughs> I, I did this. But, yeah. yeah. Do, 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 so, But the fact that, that that meme and that website, did that have a lot oh, to do with it? Had, the... it had everything to do with it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's funny because I think now Virgil is now n- known more for the, like, the Lonely Virgil lonely persona Virgil. and his... His his Twitter yeah, and it's just more of a like the convention character than and some people probably don't even realize he was ever on TV. <laughs> right, he's just that so guy. Like, he's yeah, he's it's it's Virgil. I mean, it's, it's he's famous for a completely different reason now. Now, when you're selling it to, I don't know who you would have to sell ideas to, whether it's Mattel or whether it's you're working with the retailers themselves. Mm-hmm. How do you convince someone like, no, you've got to trust me. He's got to come with this sign that says Wrestling Superstar Virgil. That or do they just trust you at this point? I I have a lot of trust internally now with the company. I mean, I mean I've been on the brand longer than anyone else mm-hmm. that's been working on it now, and I think uh, they sort of they they trusted of that like I can kind of know my stuff what I'm talking about, and if they don't understand it, it's like well if Bill if Bill's uh, if Bill says it'll sell, let's you know let's take him at his word. Right, like not all the time, but on stuff like on stuff like this that's low risk, low risk and like collector focused. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, that's that's like that's like that's why we hired him. So let's, let's. How did how did the idea to do? Because I'm going like okay, I'm looking at my things and I go I got I got Shockmaster obviously. Uh, I found Isaac Yankum in a Toys R Us. I've mm-hmm. already pre-ordered two Virgils. <laughs> um, when I find and I'm going like what's gonna I'm the you know what's gonna be next? Duke the Dumpster Drossy does fit in that line. Yeah. But when I find out that the shark. Mm-hmm. Is the next figure in the line that completely blew my mind? I did not see it coming even a little bit. Did you? Was that just like for you? Were you like, eh, there's never been a shark? I really want to do a shark. Or what? What? What is the process in creating John Tenta as the shark? There was a marketing guy who. Um, and by the way, the figure's beautiful. Yeah. The paint is perfect. The headband's removable. It's got everything. There was a marketing guy that uh, used to work there that when we. Uh, when we were coming up with you know ideas for this section of of the line, he would always mention the shark, <laughs> and it was like it was so goofy. It's like God, would people like would people actually want the shark? Yeah. And then when you actually like look at the reference photos, and it's just it's such a 
such an odd gimmick. I mean, everyone knows it's 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 earthquake. Of everybody. But then he like he covered up his his, his tattoo with a shark tattoo. And, and it's a legit tattoo. Yeah. And, yeah. P- and painted like fi- and teeth on his face and did the shark attack fin well, and walk around going shark attack. That's why to me that's why the gimmick is so great because John Tenta committed yeah so much to it. Like it's not his fault that it didn't work. Yeah. It was it was like I can't believe anyone thought that this was a good idea. But then in that line, there's like a lot of things. It's like, I can't believe anyone thought this was a good idea. Like, you know, Kane is a seven foot tall dentist. Right. But also, I mean, when I looked at that shark figure, there was also something that like, that's going to look cool on a shelf. Right. Like there is going to be something to a kid. There's going to be something appealing about this oddball figure. Yeah. With the oddball ones, we try to pick pe- pick people and figures that are visually interesting. Yeah. That, do, that are different from. Now what's, he's, he's going to have special packaging and everything that shark themed. Yeah, there'll be this. There'll be some shark theming on the package. That's awesome. Some shark touches. That's awesome. We have another one coming out later this year. I think people are also going to be. Any like, hints about the other one? Oh, I can't drop any hints. Can you tell me what promotion? Uh, it's uh, WWE in the eighties. Okay. All right. That's good. That's that. That's more it's than probably said more than I should have. Right. That's that's, that's, that's a, a pretty hint. wide net to. I mean, in the eighties, that's yeah. where like you have a Everything gold was, mine there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping for Akeem the African Dream, but in my head, I would think that that's probably not. We actually put out an Akeem in the Legends line. That's right, you did. Yeah. Of course you did. I have it. It's on my shelf already. <laughs> so who who am I hoping for then? 80s. Um, I don't know. I love my Papa Shango, but that's 90s. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be ra- racking my brain about it, though, because it's probably that, that sort of Toys R Us exclusive, one-off, probably my favorite thing you guys are doing right now. <laughs> that and the retro figures are like keep me to the point where I don't think I will ever stop doing this. Is there anything that uh, you guys or you really wanted to do that you didn't get to do? I know that sometimes, like, for instance, at Comic-Con, I've been there, and I know you guys showed off the Wrestling Buddies first. Yeah. And those were more just to gauge interest. Like, I know you guys showed off that, like, crazy detailed gobbledygooker figure. Um, Are there things... Like that, or other things that maybe we didn't even see that you wish you could have done that just for various reasons you just can't do? Yeah, there's always stuff you work on. I've been lucky in that a lot of what I've worked on has actually reached market because sometimes that's not always the case. You can work on something and it can get to the point where it's like, you know, you're about to ship it and then like there, you know, something happens and then it's like, okay, we're just, we're just drop, we're walking away from this completely. Yeah. And I've been pretty lucky in that that hasn't happened a lot in in, uh, some instances. It with in, in stuff I've worked on. There's been a few instances. One of them actually, there was some figures that I developed that were supposed to come out like a year ago mm-hmm. and then they didn't come out. So they were supposed to come out this year and then they still didn't come out. And so now they're tentatively scheduled to come out again next year. Have we seen them? Uh, you saw one of them yesterday. I bet it was the Dude Love. It was the Dude Love. Yeah. Yes. So, But that's part of, so that Dude Love was sort of part of a line that just hasn't come out. Yes, I and see. it's it's so at some point the the rest of those will be will be out. That's so, really interesting. Yeah. But the dude love is coming out. The dude love is as far as I know it is scheduled. There is a scheduled. I mean, they let you show it. So at this yeah. point, it's like crazy if it doesn't come. Yeah, out. And, and honestly, it's one of those where if it doesn't come out as scheduled this year, we'll just push back to next year and, and find a spot <laughs> for it again. So yeah. It, it, I think at this point, it's like I know people want to get that that dude love figure. We are gonna get it, so you can. How uh. How into this are the guys themselves, are the wrestlers themselves? I know, like, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Those two, they're, those, they're very into, yeah. Those guys, like, <laughs> that that's a whole different level. But, like, you know, just your average uh, average superstar. I think everyone on the main roster now is 
full timer is into it just based off of when you do when I do the the scanning sessions mm-hmm. when we scan the the face detail on it like everyone's real enthusiastic about doing it and you know they love the idea of getting their figures I think for a lot of people like getting their first action figure is like a career milestone now it's like you know every time we show someone's for a action figure for the first time on uh, social media or something like they always comment on it and go go nuts and say like how happy they are so it's I spoke to Roderick Strong uh after read the day that you unveiled that fan he didn't yeah he didn't know it was coming or anything but he was blown he was, he was excited about it yeah He's like stuff away. like that yeah like that's i mean that and that's cool because i mean i i mean i can only imagine it's like you work hard you know it's something that's you know physically demanding it's a lot of work and there's no guarantee of success and then when you finally get to a point where you know you work for a company that has a an agreement with you know a large toy company to make your action figures it's like you're like god i hope they get to me i hope they get to me when you get like a, a Zack Ryder or a Kurt Hawkins who are really like kind of publicly obsessed with action mm-hmm. figures still, just like us, like, do you, are you more motivated to make better figures for them because you know that they're legit collectors or does it not, or, do, or, or do you want to make them suffer because you know it really bugs them? No, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I try to, I want to get figures of, of everyone in the line, obviously. And yeah. a lot of it is, you know, dependent on TV time and storylines and you know if i think that a year from now that there'll be the same amount of interest as there is now and sometimes it's risky like if someone isn't on tv all the time you know it's 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 sort of more of a gamble to get them in a line you can wind up in a situation where you know you there's someone you 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 commit to the figure you tool it you decorate you release it but in the interim like six months into it the guy is off TV, and then a month before he's um, supposed, the figure's supposed to hit. They, they're released from the company, and, and then, it's like, what am I going to do? And here? then you have a, you're shipping basically at that point. You're shipping product that a lot of even even if the guy was like a huge huge deal mm-hmm. in the nine months leading up to it, it's almost like once you're off TV, you're 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 out, and you can see that. Yeah, like you it, can, it definitely in the reflects sales. in the sales. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But so let's say somebody is on TV a lot, but they lose every match. Mm-hmm. But they get promo time, but they lose every match. Yeah. Do you think that they're likely to get an elite figure if they're on TV losing? Yeah. It's it's, it's much better to lose on TV than to lose consistently than to uh-huh. lose, you know, off TV consistently and not have the televised. I just personally think Kurt Hawkins lends himself to an elite <laughs> style, <laughs> an elite style figure. Um, what are you most uh, excited about uh, coming out? I I, w- I would say this year, but we're already almost in November. So like, yeah. probably in twenty eighteen. What what do you think is is the coolest? We have uh, some some NXT figures that I'm working on for later in the year. Like I was I'm way too early to to disclose. Yeah, but uh, there's been some there's been some additions there that are that are very toyetic in their look. New not not the throwback ones, but the current the current nxt people yeah yeah so uh, actually i had a question about that i the uh the heads mm-hmm. on some of the second wave of the nxt figures yes they look different than normal and i can't really put my 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 finger on it are they is, is the scanning process different like the uh the the bobby rude and uh the authors of pain figures mm-hmm. there's something about the way their faces look maybe it's just me I don't think on those in particular, but I do. We are sort of experimenting with a new face printing process. Uh, okay. It's most likely seen. Uh, I think the first examples that are shipping with it are the Elite Fifty Four series USO figures, oh, which okay. have a new face printing process, which uh, which allows us to get more detail on the faces oh, okay. than Tampa printing. You can get some of the, the like the 
the little details that we that you know just like stamping one color isn't able to get you and there's like some subtle shading and stuff so when you look at them it's almost like looking at at their face just shrunk down right you know it's too small and so we're starting to implement that now the goal is to have that completely implemented by the end of 2018 yeah so we're in the we're in the process of ramping that up so that is something that going forward as we're, we're always trying to improve our processes both in terms of production to be able to get these things you know done you know less expensively so we can have more money to spend on the actual figure and then also improve the appearance because there there's always you know there there's a lot of other action figure companies putting out really good product right sure, now sure sure yeah definitely so it's not like you can rest on your laurels just because you have a um a, a strong brand with a strong tv presence you also have to have strong product to to put out there and i think i was talking to you before but about the uh the nxt line why I think it's so it's getting so kind of spectacular and, and funny to me, but not fun like funny in a good way, like funny in a oh my god that's hilarious I have to get that is the throwback figures. Like it's one thing to have a throwback Roman Reigns. There would probably never be a throwback Roman Reigns, but there might be depending because yeah. Roman Reigns is such a big star. But the throwback Rusev, yeah, to NXT Rusev that nobody even really saw in big numbers. To see that and be like, oh my God, that's getting a figure that's amazing. I think that's the my thought process behind that was almost like the shark, where it's like, I don't think people wanted that figure until they saw it, and then they were like, well, why wouldn't I not want this? It's it's Rusev, and it comes with the board. Yeah, he comes with the board. He breaks. He's got like the brown entrance wrap, and then the 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 underneath was like I don't know what it was, but it was like the the blonde <laughs> uh, brown. Uh, almost like gladiator looking yeah, it was very it was very but it was but it was very distinct and it looked like nothing else on the show yeah so when again it's going to be one of those when it's on your shelf that's going to look like nothing else on your shelf so it'll stand out are you happy with the with the ring so far are you guys at Mattel happy with the cuz i know that there were that's that's a big piece yeah and it's been a long time since you guys put out a big 100 dollar yeah full size uh ring I'm happy with it. I'm, yeah. I don't know what the sales are on it yet, but I know I'm happy with it. And I'm, I think the ring turned out great. Yeah. And of course, having an exclusive Goldberg with it is that's got to be a big help. That's going to help immensely. That's why we've we did the strategy of limiting Goldberg to the ring to make sure that we get as much attention and focus on a big item like that for uh, for this year. Yeah, especially since Goldberg is one of these that uh, it's one of those like the, the uh, last big. Yeah, guys that, was that a big weren't game. on the license. Yeah, yeah, it's really amazing to me. Like looking back, like all the people that I've been able to make figures of, and then like the amount of people, like big names that I haven't. Bruno, is, yeah, yeah. I mean, I worked on a Bruno figure. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kurt Angle. I'm working. Yeah, on that. Kurt That's Angle. The Hardys. I worked on for a, like a little bit before, and then you know, big gap, and then working them again. Yeah. I mean, it's it's un it's it's. I mean, for someone who grew up like watching this stuff, and then eventually, you know. You know, collecting this stuff and displaying it. The fact that now it's like, like I get to determine like the future of my own collection. Like, how many people can can say they do that? That's... Right. Yeah, and it's kind of awesome to have somebody working at Mattel in a position of of you know I don't want to say power, but in a position to get things done. Yeah. That's a legit collector. Like you're, yeah, and it's clear to me, like the Isaac Yankum figure. To me, that had the head thing and yeah. everything. Like I'm like, this is a guy who just wanted to collect wrestling yeah, we figures. Never, we and never, was like was, that would was, be that, and there never was. Cool so figure. even if you collected, you know, even if even if you not you don't want to dive in deep on Mattel, and I understand why because it's you know it's not an not an not an inexpensive thing to do. But like, right. if you ever if you were just a regular action figure collector or a you know not 
brand loyal, but it's like there's never been an Isaac Yang. Or dude, and I know, I guess, I guess it didn't, I didn't sell as many because I see him at Toys R Us a lot, but I think. The shark will be the figure of 2018. <laughs> My favorite figure of 2017 is Ringmaster Steve Austin. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's like, it's brilliant that you did it because where would there ever be a Ringmaster figure? And it's perfect because there was actually like, you could have gone lazy on that thing, right? Like you could have used an existing head and just kind of left the goatee unpainted or whatever. Like the fact that, or, or leave the tights black because yeah. who cares? It's a Ringmaster. But the fact that there's like, real detail put into a ringmaster figure yeah i'm I'm also very lucky that i work for a company that has tooling budgets that allow me to yeah to sometimes go off on on, on whims and that you know and trust my judgment on, on on doing that that you know you know if he thinks it's worth you know tooling up a, a flashback you know alexander rusev figure <laughs> and how long is the how long is the license with wwe I believe we just renewed it through at least 2021 or 2022. I love it. I love it. The longer, yeah. the better. It's great. Well, thanks for hanging out, man. Thank you very um, much for having. This is cool. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, I mean, gosh, I, I wrestling podcasts help me get through my day like every day. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and now I'm, I'm on. I, I'm on one of the biggest. Like this is. Unreal. I appreciate it, man. And I'm well. I'm a big fan of everything that you do. And uh, uh, one of these days, next time you're in town, maybe I get you to come out to Westchester so you can see. I, I'm just finishing up the home studio, but like the wall of the home studio is all like metalled out. That's really, awesome. Uh, I was at a friend's Halloween party who's a collector and like he took me up to his room and mm-hmm. showed me like, and it was like, there was, I mean, it, it's stuff like that. I mean, I know we're wrapping up, but like stuff like that. It's so flattering to see. I mean, it's really just, I, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for, for everyone that, that has come up to me, you know, yesterday at, at ringside and, and it says nice things about the figures and then it has bought and, you know, supported the line throughout, you know, the years I've worked, I, I really appreciate everything that, you know, that people, you know, that, that, that they spend money on, on the product. It, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, excellent, man. We'll do this again. Thank you. Thank you. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.